God, where are you? You're my safe haven. Where are you? Why have you tossed me aside? Why is this life so hard? Why does every day seem to bring new challenges? Why is every day a change in my life? It's not supposed to be like this. It's not fair. God, where are you? Have you left me? Have you left me alone to endure this sickness? Have you left me alone to endure this death? Have you left me alone to endure this pain? Have you left me alone to endure this life? Where are you, God? No answer. No response. I know what I need to do. I do know. I know what I need to do. I'll take it upon myself. I, I, I'll take this drink. I'll take this drug. I'll make this purchase. I'll pour myself into this friend. I'll let this thought sit in my mind over and over again. This is where I'll turn. I can handle it. I can do it. I can muster up enough strength. Until I can't. And it hits. Those feelings I feel all too often. Those feelings of depression. Those feelings of loneliness. Those feelings of discouragement. Those feelings of hopelessness. God, where are you? My safe haven, where are you? Send out your light. Send out your truth. God, let them guide me. Let them guide me. Let them lead me back to you. And there, God, there, God, I will praise you. There, God, I will praise you, the source of all my joy. There, God, I will praise you, the source of all my hope. There, God, I will praise you, my God. And I do. I do praise you. I do bask in your light. I do bask in your truth. But God... Why am I still so discouraged, God? Why is my heart so sad, God? Why? Why do I search? Why do I struggle? Why can't I just put full hope in you, my God? Why is it so hard? And it clicks again. Ah, oh, yes. The light shines into my darkness. I see the truth. You've never left. 
You have never separated yourself from me. And so I put my hope in you, God, for you are my God. I will praise you again. Thank you, God. You are my hope. And then it happens again. Why, God? Where are you? Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart sad? Over and over and over again, I face it. You face it. We're lost. Hopeless. Wondering, where is my God? Where is his love? Where is his care for me? And then we remember, yes, he is my hope. He is my God. And I will praise him again and again and again. Friends, over and over and over again, just like the psalmist from Psalm 42 and 43, we become discouraged. Our hearts are sad. We search our lives for answers, for hope. And then we remember God. We put our hope in God again. We praise him for who he is and what he has done. And then we go back through it again and again and again. Today, as we continue this Summer Refreshers teaching series, we refresh our minds by putting this hope in God on repeat. Putting this hope in God on repeat. And what hope is that, you are wondering? What, what hope is that, that that we can have in the midst of the struggles, in the midst of the pain, in the midst of whatever we are facing? Well, that hope is found in Romans 8. And so that's where we're going to spend our time today, friends. If you have your Bible with you or your phone and you want to join us there, we're going to be in Romans 8 today. We're going to start a few verses before what I had Monica read for us earlier. We're going to begin in verse 24 and 25, because this picks up on the hope that we, we see our psalmist talking about. Romans 8, beginning with verse 24, it says this, For in this hope we were saved. For in this hope, that being in Christ Jesus, we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Hope. It's right there. But the hope that we're talking about today is this confident trust in what is not seen. This, this hope is this confident trust in Christ and, and who he is and, and what he has done and, and what he's coming to do again. This hope is in his resurrection. This hope is in his promised return. This hope is in this patient expectation of this most glorious day. Paul continues on there for us in verse 26. says this, 
Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So there we see the power of the Holy Spirit, right? You're only brought to this faith by the power of the Holy Spirit. So the Spirit helps you, friends. It not only brings you to this faith, it keeps you in this faith. So the Spirit helps you in your weakness. When you don't know what to pray, when you don't know what to say, the Spirit does. Amidst it all, the Spirit helps you pray. The Spirit helps you amidst your weakness because you and I can't do it And then we have verse 28. Melody touched on this. We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. This again is the Spirit at work. It's only by the power of the Spirit that no matter what is happening in our life, we could even remotely see that all things work together for good. That's hard. That's truly hard to comprehend by ourselves. This is where the Holy Spirit hits repeat on the hope that we talked about just a few moments ago. This is where the Holy Spirit hits repeat on the assurance that is ours in Jesus Christ. That no matter what, God is working all things together for good. Paul continues on there in verse 31. He says this, What then shall we say to these things? What are these things? These things that are going on in our lives, these things that are troubling us, these things that are our struggles. What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Right. Nobody. If, if God is for you, who can be against you? No one. There's hope in that. There's strength in that. There's power in that. This rhetorical question here demands a powerful, defiant answer from you and I. Who can be against us? No one. What can be against us? Nothing. And it continues on. He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all thanks? You see what God did here for you? He gave up his only son. His son, born in a stable and laid in a manger. His son, sacrificed on a wooden tree for you and for me. God gave up his son, Jesus Christ, for you for your sins, for your struggles, for your pain. 
And yet there's more. By God's grace, right, by this undeserved love for us, everything belonging to Jesus now belongs to you. You who believe. As God's children, through Jesus Christ, you are beneficiaries of everything that Christ possesses. Put that repeat, that hope on repeat. Paul continues on, verse 33. Just keeps getting better and better. Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Case closed. Done. It's over. God has declared you not guilty. From that thing that you did? Yeah, not guilty. From that other thing that you did? Yeah, not guilty. How? From God, through Christ, directly to you. Put that on repeat. There's no greater hope than that. Not guilty. From God, through Christ, right to you. 34, who is to condemn? No one. Why? Let's see. Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who was at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. No one can condemn you because God stands in the presence of us. He connects us to him again by the power of his son, Jesus Christ, right? From God, through Christ, right to you. Jesus Christ died on that cross for you. Jesus Christ rose from the dead for you. He is your connection. Put that hope on repeat. You're no longer separated from God. And then it keeps going. Just can't stop today. Verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, sword? same answer here, friends, to each of these things. Who can separate us from God because of these things? No one. Nothing. And right now, you've got to let that sink in. Okay? That, that, that's law right now. I want you to let that grace, to let that truth, to let that love, that nothing can separate you from God in Christ Jesus our Lord, Sink into your hearts. Sink into your mind. You see, no matter what this past week, this past month, or this year has looked like, whether you felt abandoned by God, whether you felt the pain and sting of loss, and wondered why God allowed that to happen, whether you can't shake an illness or you can't shake those thoughts that continue to cloud your head and your mind, no matter what, nothing, nothing shall separate you from the love of Christ Jesus.
Don't allow Satan to grab a hold of you. Don't allow Satan to try to pull you away by allowing those thoughts, by allowing those feelings to just pull you away. Don't allow it. And this is where the Holy Spirit comes back in. Working inside you, hitting that repeat on the hope that is yours in Jesus Christ. Because Jesus' love for you is so strong, it never wavers. Never. No matter what you're going through right now, his love for you is still the same. There are days, though, that we have to allow the Spirit to work this truth deeper into our hearts. And in our minds. And this means surrendering it to God. And this sometimes means surrendering to God again and again and again. This also means surrendering ourselves sometimes to allow the brothers and sisters in the faith around us to love us, to help us. Allowing them to to, to pray with us and, and for us. Allowing them to encourage us. Allowing them to sit there with us and cry with us. Allowing them to take care of us. Because you see, that's what the body of Christ is. We're friends. We're here for you. We're here for one another. Just as Christ is here for you. Just as Christ is here for each of us. Paul continues on then in verse 36. Here he's quoting Psalm uh, 44, verse 22. He says this, For your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. Why does Paul do this? Why, do, why does Paul bring us back to the psalm? Why does he bring us back to the Old Testament time? Because he wants us to understand, once again, that you and I are not alone. Others have suffered. Israel here, we're, we're talking about Israel here, they suffered much hostility from other nations because of their relationship with the Lord. God's people, friends, have always suffered. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, Eve. You and I, we're not alone as we face turmoil. The suffering that you and I face right now is similar to what was faced by those years and years and thousands of years ago. It may look a little bit different, but it's the same. And guess what? It will continue to be faced by people just like us. Till Christ comes again. Almost done, but we have to finish up this chapter. Look at those last three verses. These last three verses show us where our hope remains. It shows us why we can put that hope on repeat. We start with verse 37. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. 
we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. I want you to think about those last five words, through him who loved us. Now, I want you to think about the sufferings that you've endured in relation to those words. I did this earlier, and then I asked myself this question. Do the things that I have in my mind, the sufferings that I've endured, compare to the sufferings of him who loved us? I'm not trying to make light of any of the sufferings I've gone through. I'm not trying to make light of anything that you have endured. But I want to to, to help us look closely and refresh our minds again on what Christ endured for us. On what Christ endured for you. To get you to this point. To get you through this point. He was born poor and in a stable behind the local inn. He faced persecution throughout his life because he was different from everyone else. Jesus suffered immense amounts of pain for me, little old me. Just as he suffered that same amount of pain for you. And and then you got to remember, you got to refresh your memory that, that, that Jesus was spit upon. He was beaten with fists. He was brought before Pilate. And then the cry came up, crucify that man, crucify him now. Beaten and flogged, he carried a wooden beam on his back as far as he could go. And then he was nailed, literally nailed to a tree at Golgotha. And there, friends, he suffered the rejection of God that we never have to face. He suffered the rejection of God that we never have to face. Yes, Jesus suffered, but he did this all for you. Me. He did this to free you He did this because he loves you. He loves you so much that he died on that cross. He rose from the grave, guaranteeing you and all who believe will not suffer forever. You may suffer for a while, just like me, but his death, his resurrection, guarantees you who believe that you will not suffer forever. One thing we all know very well, there is no certainty to what tomorrow may bring. As we were driving back, I heard from my brother, he lost a very good friend from high school um, in the Chattanooga area where we were. They were driving back from visiting his parents in Georgia, and uh, the the parents and three kids, and they were T-boned by a semi-truck that blew a red light. Both parents were killed. All three kids are still alive. There is no certainty to tomorrow what it may bring. My brother was able to get together with friends and lift each other up. 
The world's filled with so much uncertainty. Every day has no guarantee. And yet you know of something that is absolutely certain. God's love for you. God's love for me. God's love for them is absolutely fixed and certain. And that's what we see in these last two verses of our text. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. What a verse. And today, there's no better verse than this. Nothing. Hit it on repeat, right? Nothing at all could separate you or me from the love of Christ Jesus. Is there any better refresher? (laughs) Any better reminder today than this, than to hear about Christ's love for you? For me, for us, and knowing that because of him and his death on the cross, we have the certainty that his love will never separate us from him. Friends, as you go through your days, your weeks, your months, and your years, as you cry out to God asking where he is, as you become discouraged, as your hearts become sad, as we search for answers within our lives, may we be refreshed in this truth, in this hope, on repeat. Though no matter what perils and struggles we face, nothing, nothing at all could separate you from the love of Christ Jesus. Let's put it on repeat, praising him for who he is and what he has done, knowing and showing and sharing this truth all our days, that nothing can separate us from his love and his great name. Amen and amen.